And this week on Reliving the Extreme, <laughs> we are discussing the ECW show at the ECW Arena, April 8th, 1995, The Three-Way Dance. I am Nate Maxton, along with my brother Aaron. Hello. And Mr. Chad. Yeah. All I know that I got is pee sucks, dude. This is a mess. Not a great mess. Oh, that's the end of my notes. <laughs> She turned your page. I got to turn the page. Oh, yeah. Yeah, Just turned your page for you. Sorry. She she turned the page. I blame that on my assistant. She's the one that brought me while I was sleeping. She brought me my notes. You spoiled it. Yeah. You jardined it. Oh, that's going. Love me some jardine. And the little fish aren't bad either. I was going to say, a can can of jardines. <laughs> well, this show, like I said, it's April 8th, 1995. It's at the ECW Arena. The main event, as we have seen ad nauseum for the past like five weeks on the ECW show, was to be the triple threat three way dance tag team match between Public Enemy, Malenko and Benoit, and Sabu and Taz. But Sabu on this on this occasion decided he was going to work in Japan instead. So he did not show up for this show. And uh, I actually went back and looked at the the Pro Wrestling Torch coverage of this whole situation, and they they pretty much Sabu pretty much chose where the money went as far as that went. They they went around and around, and they you know Sabu says he tried to figure out a way to to be at both shows, and it wasn't going to work. Um, so a quote from Sabu on the situation of him no showing going to Japan instead: "I was going to quit ECW anyway." This just makes it easier for me. You can't serve two masters. Japan is more important than ECW or anything else. Japan is my bread and butter. They feed me first. So he made his choice, and he chose Japan over ECW. And they don't show it on this show, on the video that we watched, but uh, Paulie did come out and cut a promo before the show, essentially telling the audience, I'm just going to be honest with you, Sabu chose to go to Japan instead of being here, yep. which turns turned them on Sabu. <laughs> Paulie cut a promo on him in the locker room. I was there, and the Almighty, <laughs> he stood up on them steps. Like he didn't even stay. He he didn't even go to the top of the of the steps where the where he had his little makeshift after office kind of thing. Like he 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 walked up the steps and he he gave the office gave us all a speech. And he's like, I'm, "This is how it is," you know, and. And him saying that, you know, Sabu, he chose to go to another, you know, whatever. And he's like, we're just going to go on. Totally, like, <laughs> this, this, um, associating him with anything to do with this. Like, he, he's making it sound like Sabu legitimately just decided to go with Japan, you know. And then the whole guys are going to rally behind me. And then we're going to, and then, you know, and then we're all just standing there going, yeah, what if we don't have no Sabu? You know, like we're kind of missing like uh at least a, a, a part of the main event, you know what I mean? Right. <laughs> like, a key, a key, like, yeah, we're, 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 we're missing all, a we're key all... piece of the puzzle. Yeah. Um well we start the show yeah, out. And with we're Joey. all looking around. <laughs> and did you see because I mean it's no spoiler, we're gonna get to uh we're gonna get to Rick Steiner showing up to replace Sabu. Did you see Rick Steiner in the locker room, Chad? Like was it was he mingling nope. around or anything, or was it just kind of a? Uh, I didn't. I and 
it was no surprise because they were just in they were just in New York the night before. Like, wasn't Rick and Scott in New York the night before? Like, not I New have... York WWE, but did, didn't they do that that stupid show in New York? I think so. Yeah, they did something. They were they were definitely in the area. And from what I read in the torch coverage that I saw, Paulie pretty much called in a favor to Rick because they were friends and probably gave Rick a good payday, you know, or for <laughs> for what oh, Paul could afford. Probably gave him seven. I don't even think Rick. I don't even think what's that. I would assume he probably gave him whatever he was going to give Sabu, probably, and plus a little bit more. I don't even think he gave him shit. I think he probably called in a WCW favor. You know, you know, after he rolled out, like WCW owed Paul so much money and so much shit that when Paul rolled out of there, Paul just figured that if I could just call him and say, "Look, can I get guys you're not used guys? You know what I mean? Can I book them?" on my show and they they're looking at paul like well why do you want that you know reject or why do you want that <laughs> you know guy and paul's like well don't you worry about it but we'll, yeah. we'll consider it part of what you owe me kind of deal you know <laughs> and and just imagine rick steiner because i mean rick what was it rick and scott were at the show in new york i, I actually have i have um handheld of of that show um because my buddy Jeff took it. He he took his own camera and he worked there with me and he shot like a whole bunch of footage of it and all. And he's like, you're not going to believe who's here. And I go, what? I'm here. And he's walking around with the camera and he's just like, like Scott's here. And I was like, oh, bird watcher? My buddy you know, from like around the way. And he's like, no, Scott Steiner. And I'm like, oh. And I had no idea that he was there they had they kept him in a, in a in a trailer across like across like um what's that a, a, a track meet thing you know where you race at like a, when you run and stuff mm. and the the ring was in the middle of the thing and they had these buildings that were on the outside of the tracks that they kept him at and stuff and then it was like it was like scott steiner's and you know i was i worked there I was on that show, and you could, you know, I would have had no idea because that place was the way they had it, the way they had it presented. That I would have had no idea this guy Steiner was. Well, Joey Styles introduces the show from ringside, and he introduces Raven and his crew of idiots, Stevie Richards and the Broad Street Bullies. Um, the gist of this thing is: is Stevie is is he's gotten he's he's tricked Hot Body and Stetson into making an open challenge. And uh, the Pitbulls answer the open challenge and pretty much squash the Broad, Broad Street Bullies. And it is revealed pretty much that Stevie Richards screwed over the Broad Street Bullies to instead side with the Pitbulls and bring them into Ravens. So, yeah, I mean, um, my take is that after Stetson and Hot Body were already gone again, <laughs> they were just they, they were just two more. They were just two easy foils to get, you know, to play that part. Because Philadelphia, you know, knew, knew who they were. They, they didn't give a shit about them, right? You right. heard it. No big deal. But there was just two other two other guys that they could bring out there that, that Paul could feed their head by going, yeah, we're going to put you with Raven. And it was only it, 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 without him going, but it's only for a night. Right. <laughs> they probably thought it was their way, their way back in. <laughs> and Paul's like, yeah, I'm going to put you with the Raven. And it's just for like two hours, <laughs> you know. But yeah, I mean, it, it served its purpose. I mean, it wasn't the worst thing I've ever seen. Aaron, it, it, like, like Chad said, it served its purpose. 
it got um it got the pit bulls being like you know badasses or whatever because they laid waste to them and then it helped that um that raven got more confidence in stevie because like he was like this is the first time i've been proud of you because you brought me the pit bulls or whatever and it's it's rolling into what like the big kind of the big picture the, yeah, the big picture, and they're really starting, and, and Nate's going to probably articulate it better than what I am, but it's moving into, like, the first big arc of the Tommy. <laughs> All right, can we just go to Nate? Yeah. <laughs> well, after after this after this Pitbull deal, Stephen Richards then brings out the, you know, the fat girl from summer camp. That's the, you know, and Raven's pissed because he's brand. He's like, no, no, wait, wait, wait. You're not going to believe it. And out comes Beulah. And we finally have the introduction of Beulah McGillicuddy. We finally have, like we've been talking about, Chad's been talking about on the show. They didn't know what they wanted the story to be with Raven and Tommy. And they finally figured it out now. And you can see you're starting to develop the story. You're starting to develop the backstory of why these two guys hate each other. And of course, you know, it's like Raven says, there's only seven stories in pro wrestling, really. And one of them is two guys fighting over a girl. And here you go. And now she's fuckable. Like before she was a big heifer. Now she's fuckable. So everybody wants it. I know. I mean, why Why didn't Why didn't like Raven have like a, a before picture like in his wallet or something? <laughs> like in his crappy jeans? Looks, like looks, looks like Ed Asner. I mean, it looks like anybody that works with me. Why couldn't they just show a picture, um, you know, of, you know, like, you know, oh, yeah, she's got to be deplorable, you know? And then uh, he's like, oh, my God, look at her. Obviously, there was no social media in 1995. There's no way. Or even stupid right. Raven would have known that Beulah looks way better now than she did when you fucked her. I'm not even sure who the bad person is in that picture. <laughs> you know what I mean? You both slept with a hog, a fat slob, <laughs> and, and now you're arguing. Over it. <laughs> you know what I mean? It was probably at once. <coughs> yeah, and now you guys are all arguing about her and all. Like, look, it's like me and my buddy arguing over one of the fucking piece of shit girls that we used to sleep with back in high school with a whole family. Who slept with who? With the other Gerties? Raven and Tommy fucking. I wonder if Raven and Tommy like finger cuffed her. <laughs> Raven and Tommy finger cuffed her? Yeah, like a Chinese finger cuff, like one at each end. Okay. <laughs> I, I I wasn't sure I wasn't exactly sure where you were going there, but I kinda got the picture now. Hey, 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 Miss Jess, have you ever heard of you ever been Chinese finger cuffed? <laughs> uh you haven't? Do you want to? I, I got Dreamer's number. It's both of us, I think, right? It takes two of us to finger cuff her, right? Yeah, you ever use a pair of Chinese finger cuffs? Exactly. It takes two of us to finger cuff. So how many friends do I have to get to finger cuff Miss Jess? Just one. Oh, oh yeah, I got a friend. Uh, I guess it depends on whose friends we're going to get. Her friends are mine. As long as they got a dick, you're good. As long as they got a dick, well, I guess Andrew's ass. I'm kidding. <laughs> it ain't my fault. I can't decide. Well, in here somewhere, Raven and Tommy Dreamer are having a match. <laughs> um, <laughs> and, uh, 
Beulah and Stevie Richards are at ringside. Um, and, you know, they do the thing. They do the walk and brawl up through the aisle and up through the ECW arena. And um, it's kind of a mess. I mean, I'll be honest. I don't have a lot of notes on it because there wasn't a lot of notes to take on the match itself. Hey, well, that's little, good. A, right. Yeah. This, and it, it's, this is good on the, like, I'm not going to lie. This, this was entertaining as fuck. I thought. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's, uh, that's that's Raven one hundred and one, man. I, I could I could have told you that Raven put that together because Raven probably had this whole big idea. Like, I want to, I want to, hey, hey, I want to show every part of the arena. I want to show, you know what I mean? Like, hey, bro, I want to show every part of the arena. I want to go do this. I want to go that. Yeah, and it, it, and uh, and Dreamer's just stupid, and he just he just went along with it. So yeah, I, I could just like I was watching it, and I had a smile on my face. I'm like Aaron. I had a smile on my face watching it going, yeah, look at Raven. He's just like, as Dreamer beats on him, you can just watch him walk to where he wants to go. And then as he's walking around, Dreamer's following him. You know? And this was, this was bad Dreamer. Because, you know, it was him where he's still wearing them fucking stupid shorts, you know? And yeah, like, dude, look at that ass. You, you need to be an AP at Walmart. <laughs> With pockets like that, you need to put some pockets on the back of them on them. <laughs> That's spandex. And they get, they I get, a, great though, man. they get, yeah, they get the little, they get, they also get the little angle going on the outside to set up the uh, the finish with uh, where Richards and Beulah kind of are faking that they're fighting against each other, that he's choking Beulah because he tried to kiss her and blah blah blah. But really, they're they're you know they're hoodwinking Dreamer into coming over so she can spray him with the hairspray. Uh, Stevie gets a kick sure. on him. Rolls him in the ring, and Raven gets the DDT and the pin on Tommy Dreamer. So Tommy gets fucked, and thus begins Tommy never beating Raven. Well, you bet. Well, yeah, but I'm saying the story. It's a very long story, and and it's going to be yes. great to watch. And a lot of things are going to spawn off of this story. So this is the beginning of, of that story. And Stevie's it, kick, great. I thought it's probably the best angle that Paul booked in the whole entire run of ECW. And and the worst part about it is is that Paulie had little to do with it than Raven. Yeah, it's probably if I had to guess. Oh, I, I don't have to guess. I know that's an <laughs> angle that Raven had in his back pocket for probably two and a half years, somewhere around there, since his Portland days, because that's when me and Raven were were hanging around and stuff like that, and, and hung out, and, and I, we, we always used to joke about that kind of stuff, like, hey, hey, you know, we gotta have an angle like in Portland, you know, over a girl, and blah, 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 and and the way the way that we used to joke about it made it sound so joke, like, so corny and crappy, you know, like Portland would do, but all, all Scott did was present the angle to Paul, and Paul made it into ECW. Yeah. Like, he, like there's no way you're gonna do it the same way you did in Portland. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. I don't know if I ever asked this, and and you might not know the answer, but was Raven a character that Paul had in mind, and he found and not Raven, Raven, or was it Scott's idea? All it was all Scott. Like I, 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 I was there the day Scott walked in, and Paul looked at him like I ain't got no idea what the fuck this guy's doing or who the fuck this guy is, and he's like, you know, hey, Scotty. He's like, no. Raven, you know, and and Scotty had to like take Paul's side, you know. I that's how it went. It was he walked in the ECW arena, and 
And Paulie went to hug him and like, he was yelling, Scotty. <laughs> and then he's no. And then he had to explain to him Raven. And he took him upstairs and explained the gimmick. And probably that's where Scotty had the angle probably written down somewhere and, and, and it laid it out to Paul. Like, this is, this is an angle that I got. And at that point, in ECW, you know, I could have went up there and said, hey, I got a big, I got a big idea for me in 911. What's that? I get choke slam, you know, every night of the week. And Paul would Paul would have been, okay. <laughs> you know, it's less work I gotta do. So you can imagine with somebody with the creativity or the mind of Scotty, who has a brilliant mind for the business, walking into Paul with an idea like that, knowing that we have no leadership at that time. We have no top baby face. We have no top we got Ron Simmons. Damn, he ain't staying, you know. And ima- imagine what what a smart what a smart thing for Scotty to reinvent himself, you know, to to see where where culture was going to in that okay, it's time for the fucking neon neon tights and shit to go away and to see what's going on with music and what's going on with pop culture and to evolve his character in that way was just it's brilliant, you know. It's time for the neon to go away. Yeah, I mean Apparently nobody had a problem with that, and 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 being a heel made it even more made it even more better because you could introduce yourself as a heel, and then as you introduce yourself as that character, with that kind of underneath, you know, with the um, however you say it, with the presentation being that deep, that that the, the people can see where you're coming from, they can form their own opinion on it, and there's going to be guys that are going to like it, you know. So that way you're already setting yourself up for your baby face turn. That's that's perfect to me, and and I, I always I always applauded Scotty for his his mind. When we used to ride together, man, we would talk about Portland wrestling, and you would never believe that this guy was going to be like the greatest character from ECW wrestling. You know, with his dark darkness. And then when we ride together, all we're doing is talking about how lame Portland wrestling is, but but we but we loved it. We were like, you know, it, it's the it's the greatest worst stuff, you know, ever. And we used to just like try to figure out how we can make these angles good again. And Scotty just figured out a way that it's I I don't know what he was going with with Raven, unless it was nothing to do with Portland. You know, maybe it had nothing to do with with that kind of thing but i always kind of figured i had to figure out where where he was going with the raven character as it correlated to portland so like this ain't bad man well aaron did you have anything else on this segment before we move on nope like i said i really enjoyed it and um and he said it was like a walk and brawl and it it it, it was that but i think it was a little bit more i just they told him well yeah there was there yeah see the story's great the psychology's great Absolutely. And it didn't have to be a great match. That wasn't the point. Yeah. You know, this is this is the jump, this is the jumping off point for everything anyway. You know, you don't have to have a memorable match, you just have to have a memorable finish and a memorable angle. So I enjoyed it. The next thing we see is Ron Simmons in the ring. He's supposed to be having a match with Mikey Whipwreck, and, and he gives Mikey an out. You know, Ron Simmons offers little Mikey a chance to gives him the opportunity to leave and not have this match. And of course, Mikey's not going to take that opportunity. <laughs> Mikey gets in the ring with Ron, and the crowd ch- starts their kick his ass Mikey chant. Yes. Um, 
it, it it was a good match, and it's it's getting Ron over as a heel and Mikey over as a baby face, and uh, um, Simmons is dominating Mikey a lot, but um, <coughs> Mikey's getting some offense in it. I, 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 it was it was all right. It was a good big guy, little guy match. Nothing wrong with it. And the crowd's behind Mikey. You know, you know that's yeah. that's his role. That's his gimmick. He's not he's not going in there to squash Ron Simmons. He's going in there to get squashed by Ron Simmons, but look like the brave little engine that could bite Bob. Well, yeah, that was <laughs> that was the idea. Um, if Ron Simmons is going to go, he's going to call out Mikey. Mikey's a darling, right? Mm-hmm. Yep. Call the darling. Mikey comes out. You know, gets a couple of spots on him. Because what was the what was the end game? Nine one one. Yeah, yeah, because you know? the uh, the f- the finish comes actually. Mikey gets Mikey's the, the appetizer. Yeah, Mikey gets the win actually by DQ because Ron Simmons choke slams the referee, and then nine one one comes in and um, to do a little turn the tables thing. Um, Simmons actually choke slams nine one one, which you know makes Ron Simmons look strong going out of the whole thing, and then um, all the Jay Brones come out of the locker room to. Uh, to try to, I don't know, help. Why would that? Here's the only thing I don't understand. All right. The I would all understand. Why are all these people coming out to help 911 that he has repeatedly choke slammed week after week for The only one that wasn't a fucking idiot was Chad. <laughs> Me. I could not, I could not believe when I watched all them people go out there to the ring that I wasn't out there. Yeah, because that, I was literally, I was literally watching it. And I'm like, when's Chad gonna? You know, and <laughs> yeah, I have no idea because a lot of them, uh, most of them guys, um, I, well, a few of them, I, a couple of them were, but a couple of them didn't even get choked slammed by 911. They were just the other guys that were in the locker room because you know you would have thought that that would have been the finish. 911 would have came up and then choke slammed them or whatever. And I'm watching it going, I, I, Aaron, I, I, I literally sat there and said, where the fuck am I? Why, why am I not out there you know, watching this? And why wasn't there a chant for Ron 1-1? One, because one? Well, would have been uh, with the promo that Ron and Ron. And Ron, Ron is a, a bad, bad motherfucker. And, and when he, he stands out there with that microphone, he tells you he's going to beat the shit out of you. You best damn pack a lunch because it's gonna be a while. And I was, and he's out there yelling about nine one one, and he, he's fucking up nine one run and and everything. I'm like, why wasn't there a a Ron one one chant? You know, because because Philly just didn't get behind Ron. Like Philly got behind Ron enough to care about him because they knew he was gonna be here for another month. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Well, what they, they didn't get be, they didn't get behind him and as as we'll see like at, at, what, what was it I mean we're in well, I don't know, what, what month are we in now April oh Jesus well so Ron Ron finished the year out then I didn't even realize that it would have been better was I, I didn't realize that but yeah but the, the, sorry no the, the crowd got behind I, I didn't realize or I didn't I didn't think I didn't think that the crowd would get behind Ron enough that I thought that he would be established. And the crowd, you know, would take to him that he could be a draw, like, for the rest of the year. But, yeah, I guess he was there for the rest of the year. But would have been better is after he choked nine one one, all them fucking schlubs come out and, like, pick him up on their shoulders like when he beat Vader for the WCW championship. They're like, ah, this guy's our hero. What, all the Munchkin people? 
Yeah, they'll pick up all, Ron. All the, all the Wizard of Oz extras. They all come out there and they all they all pick up Ron. And he and he's he's barely hovering above the top rope. It's Ron Simmons. It's Ron Simmons and the Lollipop Guild, ladies and gentlemen. Who's that new sensation, Microman? Have you guys seen this guy? No. You've never seen Microman? I don't think so. Dude, he's new. Like he's like in the last, I don't know, six, eight, I don't know, ten months. Like he's He's like no bigger than a shoe. How can a person like not be any bigger than a shoe? And he's he's, he's out there. You got you got. I mean, can you can you Google any of this while me and Aaron continue the show? <laughs> um, did you never see What's that? Is he on AEW Dark? Dude, there's no commission in the, in the North America in the United States is going to allow they got to wrestle. There's no way you're going to get him past the, any commission. He's a, a luchador guy that he's so small that he does the little bounce off the bottom rope. You know how the <laughs> lucha guys hit the middle rope when they hit, you go to the rope because they're going to fly kind of thing? So he's smaller than that little monkey that they have in Mexico? Has to be. This you is the, the smallest motherfucker about? I've ever seen. <laughs> you know the monkey I'm talking about? Doesn't matter. No. It's probably oh. him. That little yellow monkey. He was microman. Microman no. is is three foot three inches. I'm looking at him he's right now. Measured in inches. Anybody who's appar- measured in inches a, a, is incredibly small. Apparently, he is now signed to MLW. Of course, I'm, he is. You were gonna say AEW is what I figured. You were. Oh, dude, he'll he'll be in AEW. He, <laughs> he will because I already watched. I already watched his MLW thing. And it was so over that the crowd would yell, "Microman!" I'm like, "You can't do anything with this guy," you know. I mean, like for real, it's a hell. There's he looks, no way. He, look, he looks like a thumb dressed as a luchador, dude. Yeah, he's a fucking human symbol. <laughs> Smaller than Mascarita Sagrada, dude. And, and how many other people on this earth are that? Not a whole lot of people are smaller than Masquerita Sagrada. And this guy's walking around parading himself as a pro wrestler. I'm telling you, when I saw Microman, I knew. I, I said, I have a, I, 30 fucking I, two years I, in this business. I had seen it all. He looks like a chub of meat. I feel I feel, I feel, feel ashamed you know that, I, that I didn't know this guy existed. Like, you know, when you go to the deli and you're like, <laughs> oh, I, like slice it at four or three or whatever, like a ham. That's what he looks like. <laughs> oh, you're half right. He's a ham. Fuck. Well, at the end of this, Dude, I've never this, seen anything uh, like this. At the and end then, of this night, the, the fact that people sold for him. Oh, there's a like, picture. Of, was, there's a picture of him with a Singapore cane and a Budweiser. Oh, I haven't seen anything with no Singapore Singapore cane and Budweiser and Micro Man walking. <laughs> I, I don't think I even want to know how this joke ends, but. I, I, I don't know what I would do. I went to a show and a promoter said that you're gonna you're gonna you're gonna do this thing with this guy and I'm like I can't wait to meet him, blah 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 and he go, It's him. <laughs> what what am I gonna do with this guy? You know what I mean? I've taken pills bigger than him. <laughs> I, I don't I don't know how to react to any of this. But anyway, this has nothing to do with ECW. Except well, that, that, that if 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 Microman was around in 1995, he'd definitely be on this fucking show. <laughs> um, 
911 at the end of this segment cuts his greatest promo ever because he says, You piece of shit, I'll fuck you up. Deron Simmons, 911 <laughs> cuts his greatest promo. Oh, dude, he yelled that shit. Yeah, he did. He you know what it was? Like, shit, I'll fuck you up. <laughs> <laughs> the only reason why, the only reason why you heard that was because it was yell. It was uh, on the house mic. That's the only reason why that even got passed. Um, anybody? Well, I mean, not that anybody gave a fuck anyway. But I mean, it wasn't. It wasn't piped in, and it wasn't second second uh, hand audio where you know he did it from a studio and said it. He said it like spurred a moment. I'm sitting there watching it. I go, that motherfucker just said, I'm going to kick your fucking ass. <laughs> and, and if, and if I, if I had tell, to guess, I, that's, how, that's how you can tell whoever. If is I had working. to guess, I bet you there was a talking to. I, well, I, I, and that's how you can tell there's stuff that is for fans like us that they know only weird people like us are going to watch. WWE doesn't even bother editing it. Like somebody was like, fuck, we don't even need to beat this. Nobody's going to watch this anyway. <laughs> like you have to deep search for fucking three-way dance from 1995. Yeah. You ought to see some of the videos that popped up. <laughs> and, and one of them I had to look at and, and, and I said, Jess, was this you? <laughs> three way put, put three, yeah put put three way put three way dance put three way dance peacock into a search engine and see what comes up it won't, it won't be this show it's an R. Um, Kelly video. it could be it could be career changing it's an R Kelly video Sean Sean Michaels was in the one that came up with mine and it wasn't even the Sean Michaels that I looked at I go he ain't that black I, I mean, are you serious? You did it. You did it too. You actually put in the. the you, you put that in there, and you you got porn. No, I, I was. I just made up that whole shit up. I. I oh no, I I'm not making it up. Oh no, I'm not making it up. I just typed you in. Typed Sean, you typed freeway dance and a porno with Shawn Michaels popped up. Yeah, but it was a black guy named Shawn Michaels. <laughs> Boy, wasn't a black guy named Shawn Michaels. Let's just say I now follow him on Twitter. Good lord. I don't know what the fuck's going on with that guy. Believe me, he's got no micro man. <laughs> he he's the only person that ever had to order three uh, had to order three boots from Bill Ash. If he was a wrestler, <laughs> he had to order a right, left, and middle. <laughs> well, up next we get an interview in the ring. You don't want any his sweet chin music, <laughs> No, no, you didn't. Like, I, 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 I believe I saw that when Dutch Mantel broke out Shoe Daddy. <laughs> How you handle that? <laughs> it's, it's just too bad pro wrestling never came to that. <laughs> Could you imagine that? You get whipped the Shawn Michaels. <laughs> Next, we have an interview with Chris Benoit in the ring. Um, and he, he just, he's oh, all with right. He, he's, Good trick. <laughs> He calls Sabu a pussy, calls out Taz. Benoit is, is uh, playing the good angry role here. Um, calls Taz out to fight. Taz comes out. Dean Malenko comes out. And then there is the reveal of, uh, <clears throat> excuse me, Taz's partner for the evening. As we said earlier, it's Rick Steiner who gets a huge pop. From well, I, and, and all kidding around or whatever, I actually put in there, I think this is... Um probably the biggest pop that I've seen the ECW crowd have since they've been in that building. 
I think. Well, I mean, but since R, damn mind. Since I think that pop is the R like, Bobby. Yeah, the pop. Those two got like I don't even think it was as big as as big as the one that Rick got. I think. Really? People lost their goddamn mind. All right, all right, all right, all right. Maybe, maybe because the building maybe maybe had more people in it than it did when it, when it was for the R and Bobby. Yeah, right? that's, that's true. Yeah. I mean, could that be fair? Because I yeah. totally didn't think it was the greatest thing, and I, I didn't think it was the greatest thing in the world. And it's not because of Rick; it's because I, I guess because of the way it came across on TV. Because um, if you read the dirt sheet around that time, it it was um everybody knew that Rick and Scott were pretty much in you know whatever it is when you're in between like one contract and another, right? Yeah, they were. Like, they were they out. Were, like, they were. Yeah, they were out. Of, they were out of the WWF at this point, but they had not yet returned to W. So yeah, they were. They were in between, in between big big promotion gigs, and they they were they were friendly yeah. with Polly. They were friendly with Polly, so it makes sense that they would you know do some shots for you. Oh yeah, it, it was it wasn't yeah it wasn't shots per se like where they like it, it was it was easy for Paul to say, hey look this is what I got for you. Um, you know you're going here in X Y and Z days. And I got these couple shows coming up, you know, there's a, you know, I can fit you in. I can't, I, I won't bury you. You know what I mean? Right. I won't bury you. I can put you in a big role if you want to make a couple extra bucks and all. And I'm sure Rick and Scott, I mean, uh, because they, their debut was in New York, probably the night before that, because I, I got the, I got the fan cam, but I, I own the tape. Of the fan cam footage of that, like, like I got that right out of the. It was my friend. It was Whipwreck's camera, so I had the tape of that of of, of uh, the judge taping like, "Hey, Scott Steiner's here." And then the next night they were there. I don't know why Scott didn't work the next night. It, it must have been. It must have been one of them deals where Scott was like, "I'll I'll do tonight, but I got to go home." You know, right? I can't. You know, it, that's probably what it was. But I mean, if I was Scott, I'd be like, I'd rather work the fucking arena, you know. I'll take yeah. off that Friday night, but you throw me in that fucking arena. You want to see a pop? You throw me Scott Steiner, and then he goes out there, and then whoever the hams are, Hot Body and Stetson, start double teaming Rick Steiner, and then you play fucking Welcome to the Jungle, and then Scott Steiner comes out. Now that's a fucking pop. Yeah, no shit. <laughs> you know what I mean? Scott comes out there to save Rick, you know, at the East <laughs> Arena, and then they just devour, you know. Because let's be honest, if if we just saw Hot Body and Stetson now, they just got brought back as a one and done. So you know, why not just have them devour and just get him out of there? Just get him out of there. That's the that's the worst. When you're like, Evis- yeah, get- have them have them eviscerated, and we never see them again. Well, the thing the thing that's yeah, up next. Um, that, yeah, that, that that's something I really thought would have been good. I, I I really thought Scott Steiner. I thought they were going to stick around. I I did. I had no idea. The next thing on the show but, is a great match. It is Two Cold Scorpio versus Eddie Guerrero for the ECW Television Championship. Um, uh, this match was good. I mean, I didn't. I don't. Again, it's one of those things. I don't have a lot of notes on it because I was watching it. They're two of my favorites, and and they had a really great match for the TV title. I don't have any notes on it. Right after either. where I wrote Scorpio versus Eddie, I have Ian versus Axel. <laughs> <laughs> because I, 
because the math is that good. I'm like, I, I, I said to myself, I, I was at home by myself, you know, watching it, and I just like, well, I'm putting the, I'm putting the pen down. I'm gonna, I'm gonna go to the refrigerator, get another beer, and come back. And this fucking beautiful goddamn piece of work is still gonna be going on. Yeah. Like I'm not gonna miss anything, like an angle, you know, or the, or the finish or whatever. And I come back, and they're doing one of their fucking fish out of water spots. And it's like, uh, like, you know, you know, you sit there and kids kind of go like, what the fuck happened? <laughs> what what the happened to this business where these guys, nobody does this. And when they do, nobody cares because they've already seen the greatest form of it. Yeah. Yeah. And, and it's like it's Texas like, Chainsaw Massacre. You're, you're, you're never, you're never going to, you're never going to remake the, the original version of Texas Chainsaw Massacre better than that version of that movie and then eddie eddie and and uh scorpio and you know in the building were the same thing they were like dude when they got together everything was just beautiful just let them go you know put an orchestra behind them you know (laughs) just send them out there and they killed it man and more more times than not and there, there wasn't really a knot that when they were done and they walked back behind the curtain that uh guys like me, everybody would 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 clap and be like, What the fuck, man? There's still like, you know, you still got a public enemy mask to follow this. <laughs> that 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 was guys like me that were concerned. Like, what how's public enemy gonna follow this? Hey Scorpio <laughs> Who do you hate? Grinder Rocco, you're killing it. <laughs> but you know what I mean, right? Yeah, oh, yeah. That's like I said, this was uh just watching two of the best to do that, do what they do. And um, Eddie's one of my favorite pro wrestlers of all time. So I'm going to sit back and, 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 and I always say this, I, I I've said it before on, on a lot of shows. <clears throat> I say a lot of things about a lot of pro wrestlers, you know, this guy's my favorite, this, or this guy does my favorite, this, but I always say about Eddie Guerrero is whenever I watch Eddie Guerrero, I smile because I just, of course, you know, I dude. Just, I mean, yeah. it's embarrassing to a guy like me. That a guy like that can be so good, but it's not so good because anybody can put together the psychology of a match, and you know. But his moves, I can't do that, dude. You know, like I bet you he's never hurt anybody. You know, never hurt anybody. I can't say that. I've hurt 14, 16, 28 people, you know, <laughs> you know. If I tell you I'm going to do a dive, all I'm telling you is I'm going to do a dive, and I don't know how good it's going to end up because I ain't Eddie Guerrero. <laughs> you know what I mean? But this guy never hurt anybody. And it's like I hate you, Eddie Guerrero. <laughs> Man, I put every like, Rick, Ricochet should put out a fucking bounty on him. Well, not anymore, but he, he should have put a bounty on him. Maybe he did. <laughs> Aaron, uh, just like what you guys, <laughs> and there there wasn't any really. There wasn't a lot of notes that I had in the match because there I was just fucking mesmerized by it. And it, it, it was <laughs> two fucking dudes that are perfect at their craft. Yeah. Should have sent out fucking Benoit, you know, Owen Hart, and just sent it all to music. I don't, I don't know why fucking Paulie didn't run out fucking that place in New York where they had the ice skating park. <laughs> we have we have lost our compatriot, Mr. Chad Austin. We're trying to get him back on here. Um, we'll get some trucks down to his house, get his internet people to work on that connection. But Aaron and I are going to continue. We go from one end of the spectrum to the other here. 
Ian and Axel Rotten have to follow Eddie Guerrero and Two Cold Scorpio in their hair versus hair match for two guys that barely have hair. <sighs> I wish it would have ended in a draw. So they both had to shave their heads? Yes, because neither one of these haircuts are anything worth looking at. Um, but at the end of the day, the right guy the right guy won. Yes, the match pretty much, as you can imagine, with a match between the, between the Rotten brothers, um, Axel's obviously the talent in the ring. Um, they, they, you know, they do do some brutal shit outside the ring. They're fighting through the arena. Of course, they're both, they both blade. Um, it's just, okay, here's what I'll say about this. First, it was too long for what, for what it was. It should have been shorter. And what I will say is yes, yes. In the arena, in the ECW arena, in that environment, experiencing it live, it was probably cool for those to watch these two big guys you know, bloody each other and beat the shit out of each other. And I get why it's over with the crowd, but it's not good. It, it's it's like that game changer wrestling or whatever now. Like I don't I don't know. I don't want to watch guys go through light tunes. I don't either. I don't I don't understand the the fucking I don't even want to say that I don't want to watch I don't want to say that I don't even want to watch like hardcore stuff because I enjoy hardcore there's stuff. a difference between hardcore and, and garbage. Yeah. Like there's a there's a big difference between this or like just as an example I'm just using as an example there's a huge difference between this and and Mick Foley and Edge at WrestleMania 22. Yeah. You you can and, you can you can do things sparingly in a match that make it fantastic fire on a table just for two guys to walk around the arena like stabbing each other with shit it's just I don't know yeah and and that's not even a fair comparison because that's upper upper echelon shit i'd say it's like trying to think of something to compare it it's not going to be in my mind but like and like i said i get what you're saying but these two it was like it was boring yeah and again i'm sure it was exciting when you were there in the arena watching it if you could see it (laughs) um but yeah you're right for watching it like i said that's why i I think i wrote down it's too long because i think if it would have been five minutes shorter and they just would have got to the fucking point, then it might not have been terrible, but it was just like, I'm, I'm watching it going, God, well, is this ever going to end? <laughs> yeah, and I felt that way, and part of it's because this fucking fat fuck was in the match. Ian that's the Hutt. That's what I'm going to call Ian the rest of the fucking time he's there. This fat fuck. I hate that guy. Well, in the end of the match, Ian uh, misses an elbow. He gets a wicked chair shot from Axel, who wins the match, and then cuts Ian's hair. But... Ian turns the tables on Axel afterwards and uh, hits him with a paint pan and attacks him with the scissors. So this is not over. I keep saying, I think we're just about to get to this, the, the Taipei. <laughs> and then there's some other stipulation, but yeah. I think we're almost to the Taipei glass match or whatever it is that finally ends. The- yeah. There's a pathetic, um, I don't, I'm not going to get too deep into it. Cause I don't, I can't remember all the details, but there's a, pathetic thing where um ian was running some show that some kid died on or whatever and the kids like parents call him and like record all of it and they're like interviewing him on the phone or what it's and he's like trying to explain why he's like blah 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 i I, I don't if i can find it i'll send it to you but it's uh, it's fucking pathetic to i hate that i've never met him but i fucking hate him i know chad likes or chad fucking hate Ian Rotten. Um, 
The next thing we have here, uh, again, this is one of those things I don't have a lot of notes on. It's it's, and I don't know why they even threw the match out there on the. <laughs> I don't know why, but and not not dissing either of the guys, but it just didn't make any sense. This is a super show, and it's Hack Myers versus Dino Sendoff, um, which is just a squash for Hack. Dino actually got more offense than I thought he would in the match, really. Yeah. And 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 I know you said you don't know why it's on there or whatever, and it's a super show. Hack was over with the crowd, so Hack was there to be on the show, and it was just a way to get Hack out there, and the people wanted to see him. And um, the only notes I got is that that Hack had a really good looking brain buster, oh, yeah. and and Dino deserves credit for it because he took it. And the other note I have is that if Hack would have stayed through the duration, like the duration of ECW, um, I don't think he would have got. Um, Balls Mahoney, if that makes sense. Yeah, yeah, he could have filled that role. Perfect, like the the ha cha cha, you know, all the the cheering along or chanting along and all that shit. Like Balls, it, it was a little later, but Balls kind of like took over that that spot on the card. Mm-hmm. Well, I, and I don't think so. I'm kind of glad that Hack didn't stand around, stick around. Not that I don't like Hack, but it's like we would have never got Balls Mahoney if Hack would have. Yeah. Or it would have been like the coolest fucking tag team ever. <laughs> Hack and Balls. Hack and Balls. <laughs> well, the next thing here is um, the ECW Championship match, which ironically, the ECW Championship match is the only match on the on the video recording that they actually just edited up. So it must have been really long with a lot of rest holds or something. Or but, bad. Or bad. It's the Sandman versus Shane Douglas for the ECW title. Um, right at the beginning of the match, we find out that Todd Gordon has banned the cane from being allowed in the match. And the kind of the story of the match that I wrote down is Sandman is wrestling Shane Douglas. Yeah. Um, which was cool, you know, because he's known as a brawler and, you know, that that kind of a thing. And it was kind of a neat idea to say, well, you have the wrestling champion and the brawler guy has decided, well, tonight for the championship, I'm going to try to wrestle this son of a bitch. And he, and, he has to because he doesn't have his cane. And I think that's part of the reason why the match was edited a little bit because <laughs> they were probably like, oh, shit, we don't really want to watch Hack wrestle. Right. And that's not a diss on Hack. That's not it's a diss not, on Sandman. That's no, just I'm not. not I'm not. That's totally yeah. not. No, no. It, it, you don't want to watch Abdullah the Butcher wrestle. <laughs> you know what I mean? That's there, not his place on the card. And there's a reason, and I'm not putting these guys even on the same level or whatever, but there's a reason that 1988 Hulk Hogan on Saturday Night's main event wasn't doing what he did in 1979 working with an Antonio Inoki. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So that's not what the people are paying for. Right. They're paying to see Sandman come out there with a fucking cigarette, hit people with canes, and be an asshole and be a brawler. I I just think this match probably didn't go the way they wanted. And that's why they. Ended. I agree. Um, but the story is good. The finish, you know, the whole the whole reveal is good. There's a there's a point in the match where there's a point in the match where Sandman holds Shane Douglas to woman who's on the outside of the ring trying to get her to slap him and she won't, which should be a a precursor or a hint to what's going to happen later on because Sandman sends when he just can't beat Douglas, he eventually sends women back to the locker room to get the cane. And when she returns with the cane, she throws it to Shane Douglas. And of course the fuck finish for, for Sandman. Um, 
And woman turns on Sandman and goes with Shane Douglas. Shane Douglas retains the ECW championship. And it was, I mean, obviously it was all well executed. It was, but I couldn't really give it like an honest rating or a fucking, like, I couldn't critique it completely because it was clipped. So right, yeah, it was what it was. And then the post-match promos are fine. I loved Sandman's promo, actually. Like, pretty much, you bitch. <laughs> you got me to slap my... You got me to beat my wife up. Yeah. And blah, blah, blah. And then he's like, if I'll beat my wife, imagine what I'll do to you. Yeah, I, and it was just... It was like, yeah, you fucking was cunt. Yeah, it was. It was. Great. it was. And then Douglas and a woman have cut, of course, cut the... Uh, Cut the promo as well, which was your standard Shane Douglas promo. Not, not- it, it actually wasn't. It, it, and 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 like I said, I, we got a we got a main event to cover. <clears throat> and, and you might tell me I'm out of left field, or but who Shane Douglas hate the mo- who's his character or whatever hate the most? Ric Flair. He caught a Ric Flair promo. He talked about having money. And now I got the hottest broad and I'm doing this and she gave me that, you know, and he's like mm-hmm. yeah, throwing up the fingers and I got my elite group with me. I'm the world champ. Like he's, he's cutting a fucking Ric Flair promo, but in like the net, not necessarily in this promo, but like in the next breath, he's like, fuck Ric Flair. But in his promo, he's like, the most important thing to me is the golden abroads and this and that. And right. that, that, that. It's like, you're 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 cosplaying Ric Flair right now. <laughs> you either die the hero or live long enough to see yourself become yeah, the villain. Yeah, I'm like, what the fuck do you want to be? <laughs> that, um, literally, that's what I took away from it. It's like, he, he cut a fucking Ric Flair promo. Like, he's talking about having the hottest chick. I got the belt. I got my guys watching my back. I'm this, that, I'm that, and I'm the handsome. I'm bah, 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 bah. And that's all I took away from it. Was the guy you've been trashing for fucking six months. That's who <laughs> you're going to be. Right. And then, like Aaron said, our main event is the three-way dance. Of course, the name of the show. So that would be our main event. It is. It is Taz and Rick Steiner versus Dean Malenko and Chris Benoit versus the public enemy for the ECW tag team championships. And this is another one of those matches that it was hard to take notes on because there's so much going on all over. There's, there's shit going on in the ring. There's shit going on outside the ring. Sometimes there's two guys over here, two guys over here and two guys over here, but it was your, you know, it was what the ECW arena was accustomed to. And it wasn't bad. It was just hard to take notes. So frantic. Yeah. I can read you my notes if you want. Sure. All right. Benoit Malenko and the PE start um, before Taz and Steiner come out to the arena. Um, Taz and Steiner end up coming out and they lay everyone out. Um, Steiner uses a cookie sheet on Rocco Rock. Um, and obviously there's shit going on in between this, but these are just high spots. Steiner ends up hitting a wicked looking um, tombstone on Rocco Rock. And as I was watching this match, I was like, man, who is the senior member? And it's Rocco Rock. Rocco Rock debuted in 1978. That's fucking crazy to me. Yeah. Like, he's almost 20, 78, and we're in 95. 95, so he's been a pro for 17 years. Almost 20 years into his fucking career. Because in my mind, I'm like, when did Rick debut? And when did, you know what I mean? Like, I was trying to think (laughs) Anyway, um, 
<clears throat> Benoit ends up hitting a um, Benoit ends up hitting a um, Benoit hits Taz with a flying headbutt and ends up allowing Malenko to pin Taz. So now Taz and Steiner are eliminated, um, but they don't want to leave. Taz Taz ends up suplexing Rocco. Um, you still there, Nate? Yeah. Okay, I just didn't see it. Um, um, but Taz goes. I don't know if you noticed this, but Taz goes to like basically Taz and and Steiner are eliminated, and they're gonna take out their opponents, you know, that have eliminated them. Right. And Taz accidentally, like everybody botches on this shit. Did you notice that? No, I didn't. Um, like I said, Benoit hit that flying headbutt on a, on on to Taz, and Malenko pinned him. And then Taz and Steiner lose their goddamn minds and start beating everybody up. And Taz goes to suplex Rocco, but accidentally suplexes Rocco Rock onto Rick Steiner. Like Steiner was hitting a move on Johnny Grunge, and when he hit, he hit at like the wrong spot in the ring where Taz was suplexing Rocco, and he like legitimately, at least me. Looked like he legitimately accidentally suplexed Ted Petty like dead weight right onto fucking Rick. Because Rick is fucking winded. Like that happens to him and he's just like, oh shit. And um he 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 rolls out and like Paulie's like talking, like like not like like you gotta get up, you gotta get up. Like he's like it looks like he's talking to Rick like shit, dude. Are you okay? And Rick's like, I don't know, man. And and um um more power to him. He 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 got his win back, and he gets back in the ring, and he ends up hitting um everyone with Paulie's phone. And now we're down to the Public Enemy and Chris Benoit and Dean Malenko, um, and they set into a regular ECW style brawl. Um, they brawl over the arena. Rocco tries to jump off the Eagles Nest onto Benoit. Um, who's on the table, but Benoit moves. Um, Benoit Malenko set up a table in the ring, and um, Benoit gives uh, Rocco a superplex to the table, and all the fans chant, fuck Sabu again. And then Johnny Johnny Grunge hits a double DDT, and Rocco hits a drive-by. And then one, two, three... And now the public enemy are now the new tag teams. And my biggest takeaway from this was I wonder, I really wonder if the original team that was booked to win the match was Sabu and Taz. Probably was. And I'm not saying the public enemy couldn't have been because Polly still obviously is pushing public enemy, but it seems like the logical thing to me at this point, because Sabu and Taz have already kind of had a, a, one-on-one kind of thing. I don't know. I just it just seems like the logical thing to me would have been to continue on with Sabu and Taz and the public enemy after this. Um so I don't know. And it, I might be wrong. Public enemy might have been have been the team that was going to go over from the very beginning. But again, this wasn't bad. This was good. Um this was ECW man. I mean Yeah. And I know my notes kind of all over the place, but I wasn't expecting that to how I wrote them, but I I don't think Public Enemy was supposed to be the guys to win. I think it was supposed to be Taz and, and Sabu, and obviously you couldn't hold Rick down to being in there, you know. So yes, and 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 they're going to be moving on. Public Enemy 
is gonna is gonna can they're they're starting a rivalry with the pit. That's yeah. the next thing. That's the next thing that's gonna be happening. Because um, the notes are that the pit bulls end up attacking public enemy at the end of the match. Mm-hmm. And that was kind of that was kind of what previewed you know earlier a couple of weeks ago when public or when pit bulls attacked public enemy in the locker room and they had the match earlier. The public enemy, if they were if they won it, they got into this match, which they did. Um, and Pitbull's promised revenge. So that's where we're going now. And on uh, I, I, overall, Aaron, I thought this was a good show, this three-way dance show. There was some stuff in there that whatever. But overall, I thought it was a, it was a good show. The only thing I did not enjoy, honestly, the only thing I did not enjoy was the fucking rotten, rotten, rottens. <laughs> rottens, rotten, rottens. Yes. Yeah, the only, that's the only thing I didn't enjoy on it. And, um, and it wasn't even so mad. It wasn't even so much that I didn't enjoy the gore of it because I do like when I when you were talking about game changer combat zone and all that. It's like it's not that I don't enjoy that. Like I'll watch, I can sit down and watch an FM, an FMW DVD and kind of different like it. though. It's different. I know, though. I know, and I know. I'm just saying, I can sit down and watch that shit and watch Hayabusa have a match, with Mike Awesome, and be fucking entertained by it, you know. But those two. And that and and Ian, it just takes me out of it. But anyway, I don't want to harp on the bad. But other than that, like there wasn't really anything that either. I'm not saying everything was like you know, Tuchel and Eddie on it, but everything served a purpose. Everything told a story, and mm-hmm. it, it all it it nothing seemed out of place or why the fuck is this happening? I enjoyed this show, as did I. And um, just so the listeners know, everybody, going f- going through, and this may become something that happens more often since ECW is going to start having more super shows. I don't know. We'll see. But going through the TV shows over the next couple of weeks, it's mostly just stuff from this show. So what we'll be doing next week is moving from this show to Hostile City Showdown 95 and reviewing that show. Um, and I think going forward, if I find that that is the case where we get a lot of overlap, so Aaron and Chad don't have to watch it, I'll breeze through the episodes of the TV show when there is an s- instance like this, Aaron, like we're just going from one super show to another with nothing new on the TV. I'll just breeze through the TV shows and write down if, if there's, is there an angle? Is there a promo that, that was of, of, you know what I mean, of significance on the TV show? Okay. And um, how do I say it? Like, like not to like tell people how the sausage is made or show people how the sausage is made or um, if we have instances like that and we don't want to go from super show just straight to super show, yeah, we'll breeze through it and we'll fucking figure out some other way to be entertaining. Like Chad versus Nate trivia yeah. or Chad versus Aaron trivia or, you know. Yep. Shit, stupid shit like that. Well, between me and Chad, Nate, we can get we can get fucking forty minutes out of nothing. We'll figure it out. And next week, um, I will not be the host of the show next week. The guy that gets mentioned more than he's actually on the show. <laughs> um, we're gonna we're gonna welcome in Archie Mitchell. I have a um, I have a surgery next week, so Archie Mitchell will be your host. But after next week, after all said and done with what's going on with me with the surgery, I'm actually going, we will be, and I'm not going to say anything about it right now just because 
It's not going to be up and running yet. I haven't made, but I haven't put anything on it. That's another thing to look forward to is we are going to have a Patreon for Reliving the Extreme where Aaron and Chad and I can provide you with bonus content, especially those of you that like to hear us talk about shit that's not ECW. When we talk about territories or we talk about there, there will be bonus video, there will be bonus episodes or like things that we'll just record together. So that's going to be fun. I didn't know we were doing that, but that's cool. We are. I just haven't said anything yet because I wanted to wait. I wanted to wait until I could devote the time to it. So that's, that's what's coming probably in February. And just so you guys know, after, uh, Nate surgery this week. He'll be he'll be Natalie Max. So congratulations. (laughs) I'm proud of you for being so courageous. So brave. So courageous. We're gonna turn your raw flag into a rainbow one. Congratulations. Uh, That's what he's doing, people. I'm not transitioning. Sorry to ruin (laughs) sorry to ruin the gimmick, but anyway. (laughs) That being said, Aaron, any parting words for our listeners this week? Um not really just thanks for listening and um that was a stupid joke at the end of it i totally don't care what people do, do what you want to do it's if you want to yeah if you want to remove it or you want to get an added the people that the people that are listen the people that listen to this show are not going to be offended by it. okay so i just want to thank everybody for listening and um supporting the show and uh, it's one of the few good ideas I've ever had in my life. So I'm, I'm, I'm glad it, I'm glad it's growing and everybody's, thank you guys. I appreciate it. Chad, any parting words for our listeners this week? <laughs> I was just going to leave silence, but <laughs> yes, that being said, thank you for joining us, everybody. We appreciate you. We appreciate you listening and supporting the show. And like Aaron always says, the only, the best way to support us is to let people know, yeah. share, share, share. Rate, 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 comment, comment, comment. You can read. You can see any. I'm not going to lie. You know what I'll do? I'll get on like wrestling Facebook feeds and then I'll just put our link in. Fuck it. Like I've got on. Huh? Doesn't cost anything. Yeah. I'll just like somebody be like, what do you guys think of Nick Aldis? We can't wrestle podcasts. I just put the fucking link in there. (laughs) Um, Self promotion. And even any and, and and what Nate wants to do with like putting the YouTube page out there and all that, I'll support it. Great ideas, all that. But the biggest thing you can do is just having a friend tell you, "Oh man, you got to." You exactly. know what I mean? So if you like this show and you know people that like wrestling and you know people like old school wrestling. Tell them about RTE. Tell them about WCW. We can't wrestle podcast. Tell them about our cheap shows. All that shit. Just that's the best way to do it. Is word of mouth. Every yeah. podcast I've ever listened to in my entire life has been a friend of mine saying, "Dude, you gotta do that." And that being said, we will sign off. And I will not. Everyone will not hear me next week, but you will hear Chad and Aaron and Archie discussing Hostel City Showdown. Hostel. I did that the last time that we did. Hostile Shitty Showdown. It's a Hostile Shitty Showdown. 1995. We'll see you next week, everybody.